0: Welcome once again, baseball fans, to the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you, good sir? Pretty good. How you doing? Oh, doing well. We're at, we're we're reaching the Hall of Fame weekend. How excited are you for Smolty's speech? Oh, I I really am anxious to hear it. Yeah, do you think it'll be what percentage humor to sincerity?
1: Oh, uh, I I think he'll have it proportioned well. Uh, I think. Uh, going to, I mean, we know he was present last year and heard all of those speeches, and he was thinking about his from that point
0: on. Yep, so. <laughs> this is true. Do you do you believe, given all that, that it will surpass uh, Glavin and Maddox's, the other two members of the Big Three? I I can't, uh,
1: I, I I can't separate those. I can't really evaluate them. They were. The three of them, I mean, Maddox's speech was Greg Maddox's speech, and, and Tom Glavin's speech was Tom Glavin's speech, and I'm, and, and I know this sounds stupid, but uh, John Smoltz's <laughs> speech will be John. It's very they're,
0: basic in its in its logic. No one can argue that they
1: so. both of them conveyed their personalities and who they were in their speeches, uh, and I, I expect Smoltz to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Well. So we got that to look forward to this weekend. Um. Right now. Uh. You know. We're we're into the first full week of the second half. Uh. Zach Greenkey. Real quick. Got to talk about this. He's up to forty three and two thirds scoreless innings. Do you think he makes it all the way to Hershiser's mark? Oh, I hope so.
1: Mm-hmm. I hope so. Do you I... think
0: he will though?
1: Um, n- that's uh, what's he got. He's got to throw like about another twelve innings or so. Sixteen, uh, another yeah. sixteen innings. Uh, the uh, to get
0: it in two more likely would take three starts.
1: But yeah, the uh, I, that to say that he's going to be spotless from that point on, uh, can't say that. Uh, I think it will depend a lot on what Mattingly does and how the Dodgers are doing. Mattingly, you know, that can take him out at the first sign of danger. You know, and,
0: That's a good point. Do you think that Mattingly will have the gusto to keep him in fairly, as if he wasn't pursuing this streak, or no? Um, I
1: couldn't say. I don't think. I think he has a fairly free reign on the actual management of the team you know that ownership would like for the streak to go on. It's going to fill seats, uh, be big advertising, everything else. Uh, It's Grinky's walk year, too. That's just that's
0: great. Right. Yeah, I know. Good for him. (laughs) Um, Beyond that, you look in this list that he's climbing up, and it's three Dodgers and then Bob Gibson. I mean, what a— I didn't know Gibson
1: was fourth. I knew Drysdale. I remember when Drysdale— did right. the record. Uh, Gibson must have done it after Drysdale.
0: What is it about pitching in, in Southern California that allows for such scorelessness? Uh, uh, maybe Do- it's just the, the mantra, the ghosts. You know, Dodgers have had pitching for a while. This is true. Um, a wealth of pitching, if you will. Um, so the big news now in the trade rumors as we get close to the 31st, uh, the uh, Tigers, according to USA Today Sports, is go- are maybe shopping price incestuous they may indeed be the sellers that we're kind of fearing they'll be um how do you feel about this do you believe it do you think they'll sell off their those two chips and where would they go um i think if i think it's already decided
1: what they will do and the tigers with illich as an owner have They've always been surprising. Pulled moves off when you didn't expect it. You know, when they got uh, Fielder, it was uh, such. I mean, you everybody was wondering where is he going to go then. Nobody was talking about uh, the Tigers, and they pulled things off at the last moment. I think Dombrowski is capable enough to do whatever is kind of dictated. by the powers that be in Detroit.
0: Yeah. Do you think that Illich, let's talk about him in particular, do you think he would be content with waiting a year? And because the quote that came out from Dambro- from sorry, Dombrowski is that uh, they're going to do what's best for the franchise. So talking right, about the right. organization as opposed to the big league ball uh,
1: club. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, – well <laughs> – People are looking at different ways of doing things right now. I mean, uh, people. You know, there is, uh, and this is part of this is the sabermetrics. Part of it uh, is some of the Moneyball stuff. You look at the Royals now have made a lot of people real believers that uh, it's not necessarily going out and giving up these huge contracts for individuals uh, as it is having a system in play. The Giants seem to be doing that more. The Orioles have, you know. It's uh, looking for certain types of players that fit, you know. Uh, I mean, that has been the Cardinals for a long time. So uh, this may, the Tigers have been uh, one of the players that perhaps hasn't spent money uh The best Uh, there had there hasn't been as much um, long sightedness uh, or farsightedness in uh, what they've done. They've tried to do it immediately. Kind of Yankee Red Sox way of the past.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And I agree with that. And I think that, you know, they uh, they could they could turn Cespedes and and Price, who are going to they're also, of course, in their walk year, which is what makes them so attractive, into. Really nice pieces coming along for their bullpen because as we've talked about many a times, it is a bullpen game now, right? especially in October. Hence, see the Royals. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. I, I I as a Tiger uh, lover, supporter for a few years now, I uh, hate to see how this season has unfolded, especially with Miggy getting hurt. You never want to see great talent get hurt like that, but I don't know. It'll also be interesting in a whole other way. So... Moving right along, uh, going first to third today. Uh, With the All Star game last week in Cincinnati, much was celebrated about the Big Red Machine. And when you hear the words the Big Red Machine, anybody in baseball knows exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the 1970s teams led by Joe Morgan, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, et al. So today, we're going to do a top 10 of the best and worst. Uh, Team nickname identities So baseball of course Is built on its uh, mascots And its team nicknames The Dodgers themselves for a perfect example Were because you had to dodge the trolleys To get to the stadium Hence Dodgers But um, we're talking about the nicknames That supplied an identity For the team And for that coach Why don't you take us through the top 10 And some honorable mentions along the way
1: well, this is my top ten seems to be changing by the moment uh what i i'll go from ten to to one uh number ten I have the Albertos of Orlando Cepeda in sixty seven never been a big cardinal fan but
0: Shocking. uh the uh
1: <laughs> that team that that was as good as cha cha ever was, and he it seems i i, I have so many Images of him leading the team in cheers uh for the Albertos after the game and uh it seemed it conveyed he conveyed a lot of fun uh and as much as anything else uh number nine the big red machine um, the uh <laughs> i i my i that was such a perfect name because they just completely annihilated everybody in those days and more nobody more than uh the braves i i think uh johnny bench still has the all-time record for home runs against the braves i and that's greater than ryan howard uh the uh i mean it's like 500 i don't know uh you forgot to mention tony perez and ken griffey and george foster and uh, just everybody else that was on that team oh certainly uh, uh my next team uh this would be number 8 would be the amazing mets and uh <laughs> the the 62 through about 64 mets the mets that were pretty much all casey stingle and uh he's the one that gave them that name and for you know and I think of the amazing Mets. I think of that guy holding up the signs in there uh, along the third baseline and Casey coming out doing just these really bizarre interviews and stuff. It was a, it was great times uh, and anything. And Casey Stingles should be rewarded in any kind of <laughs> historical list. You uh,
0: know, to that note, I want to throw praise Sparky Anderson. Um, you know, I mean, with these teams, these, these collective identities i mean the manager plays a huge part in that okay would you say sparky's managing style you know was was put kept putting the gas in the machine so to speak oh i think when you have tony
1: perez and joe morgan and johnny bench and pete rose (laughs) and you don't need i mean uh sparky he was captain hook you know he was the (laughs) first person to start using uh, or not the first, but <laughs> one of the ones that started using a bullpen the way he did. And he had a great bullpen. Uh, the uh, Raleigh Eastwick and people like that. Uh, the um, Clay Carroll came from the Braves. Uh, Pedro Borbone. Uh, where was I? Uh, after Inch- after the Amazons. All right. That was uh 10, 9 8. Se- Number seven would be Murderer's Row. I don't remember them, but... Uh that's a na- when anybody says murderer's row
0: you know everybody knows who you're talking about. Uh, Pretty much top to bottom. The uh can you name them? Um I can get through about the heart of the order but you know and probably not in the proper order but Yeah. So maybe I just disproved my own praise. And see I I
1: I kind of think that people don't re- I mean everybody knows uh Garrick and Ruth uh Probably knew Coombs and, uh, Lazeri, but that's about where it ends with most people. Uh, Bob Musial, great hitter. Uh, but I don't, I don't know these guys. Uh, I've read about them just like everybody else. Number, uh, six, I guess it is. Uh, or is this number five? One, two, three, four, five, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the next one, uh, would be Family, uh, the Pirates of 79, uh, very colorful team, and I know Stargell it seems to be the center of that team. Uh, when I, any image that I have of it, but uh, again, the uh, really uh, rambunctiousness of that team, and seeing Sister Sledge uh, sing. After ball games and uh, the We Are Family and uh, all of these pirates dancing and they could hit, boy, they uh, that was a hitting team. Uh, they, but they, it, it seemed an appropriate name for them as well.
0: You know that team, you you know the the, the big red machine. You feared to see them coming because they were going to bash the Braves in. Did you have the same kind of fear of the We Are Family no, Pirates? No, no, no.
1: I but they could hit. They could yeah. hit. But, you know, in those days, we always had Necro who could. <laughs> I mean, uh, they you know, they had people like Stargell who wouldn't play if Necro pitched. Uh, really? Know, yeah. There oh. were a lot of people like that. They said knuckleball threw him off. A lot of big stars would not play against Necro and he pitched all the time. All <laughs> <'Cause>, the time. That's <laughs> yeah, all he had. <laughs> uh next team Harvey's Wallbangers. Great name. Uh yeah, a a tremendous name as much as anything. Uh but and they were Wallbangers. They were you had all those you know people that could uh could rake. Uh You know, most of these teams, the positive names, they were they're about hitting, not so much about pitching. This is true. Uh uh, Harvey's Wallbangers, a lot of colorful people on that team, Raleigh Fingers and whatnot. Robin uh, the, uh Ted Simmons and uh, Gorman Thomas and uh, these people.
0: When you saw like a Harvey's Wallbangers, was there a particular um, player that you were most excited to see or a particular part of the order that you wanted to see?
1: With uh, Actually, with that team, I liked watching Vukovic, uh, and Raleigh fingers pitch. Uh, the, uh, you know, Vukovic was, uh, what was the, what was the movie? He was in, uh, major league wasn't he wasn't, he, yeah, he was like the hitter. Mm, the, I'd have to look that up. But, uh, the, uh, Vukovic lived here in Mar- Marietta too, or, or in Roswell, I believe. There you uh, but the, uh, they were as colorful to me as anybody, uh, Vukovic pitched behind. He pitched balls and then strikes. You know, then came in late. Uh, threw twenty pitches every batter. Uh, okay. The uh, third from the uh, number three on my list would be uh, the Gas House Gang. Again, uh, I you know not a team a team I've read about, but some of my favorite historical players, uh, and I know the the thirty four uh world series was one of the most knocked down world series that's the one where uh Dizzy Dean got hit in the head you know and ended up in the hospital and stuff and just but some just great fun players to
0: watch uh even though I'm
1: watching them on film um
0: yeah we'll get great stories to to read about and right. watch and see right yeah. uh, all
1: the pepper martins and dizzy deans and uh, people that came out of nowhere, too. Um, yeah. Again, a Cardinal team. Uh, <laughs> number two uh, would be the Bronx Zoo. And, Higher than Murderer's Row. Yes, yes.
0: But I'm sure there's a personal element because you yeah, actually I, saw the Bronx Zoo. Well, so.
1: that's true. And the all of the Billy Martin, Reggie Jackson, uh, George Steinbrenner, uh, catfish hunter, just tremendously colorful people and they kept it exciting uh you know what uh a lot of really good ball players as well uh that played the game right uh I know it was the title of Sparky Lyle's book and it was meant as a positive in Sparky Lyle's uh book the term was at first derisive uh talking about what a zoo the Yankees had become. Uh, right. The Bronx Bombers were now the Bronx Zoo. I have another personal reason, though. Uh, one of my favorite poets of all time, Marianne Moore, spent most of her time, her spare time, a woman who was single her whole life, lived to be about 80 or so, uh, going to the Bronx Zoo in the morning and then going to... First, the Brooklyn Dod to watch the Brooklyn Dodgers, and then later uh, to the New York Yankees. I know she threw out first balls at both Shea Stadium and Yankee Stadium. Uh, In her room, her house has, or uh, I don't know if it was a townhouse or what, but it was turned into a museum, and she has uh, everything is exactly. Uh, as it was when she died, is left in there. And one of her most prized possessions is an autographed ball by Mickey Mantle. Uh, uh, But I always associate... I've never been to the Bronx Zoo, but I associate that with Marianne Moore. So the term has, whenever I hear it, uh, I have this odd dichotomy of thinking of Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin yelling at each other uh, and this little old lady on the other (laughs) side. uh, it's, It's... no. I
0: don't know. I don't know if I was if I was calling it correctly, but when uh, in 2008, I uh, fit the bill for a, a, a Wells family trip to go see Yankee Stadium and Shea Stadium before they closed down. Um, I told them we're going to go to the Bronx Zoo, and I just term that for the area around the stadium so but you know we went to this bowling alley slash diner that was zoo like so (laughs) with bronx accents so hence i felt like i was there there you go (laughs) so there you go and also with that team the 77 78 team tremendous success back-to-back world series uh compelling world series and as soon as you say the name people know exactly what era, what team you're talking about. And then they have the central figure, and in this case, figures. So I would agree with that one.
1: Uh, My first uh, and I think greatest nickname is the Boys of Summer, uh, which I know originally referred to Dim Bums uh, in the 50s uh, before they left Brooklyn. Uh, It is a term that has kind of lived on, uh, I mean, Roger Angel's great book, The Boys of Summer, has uh, enhanced the livelihood, uh, if you will, of uh, the term, but it's a term that has uh, kind of transcended the Dodgers and uh, Brooklyn and come to represent all, uh, all baseball players who, uh, because uh, whatever, I mean, Football may be king, but baseball is your summer game. Uh, and yeah. uh, with all apologies to soccer and and the boys of summer, it seems now to represent all baseball players. So it's got to be
0: the, uh, the top name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the moniker that stretches across all of baseball. All right. um, so some honorable mentions, but before that, the Gas House Gang, you know, there, there's an interesting thing about that team because the nickname encompasses more than just, you know, kind of one sort of identity. You had the Gaslight District in mm-hmm. St. Louis, um, and then you had the fact that this team was incredibly dirty, and they smelled really bad. Well,
1: uh, so rumor has it. So rumor uh, has it. Uh, the... They had very colorful people Country Slaughter and uh, Pepper Martin I don't know if Slaughter was on that team I think he was uh, Dizzy Dean and Daffy Dean. And so on. it was, a, you know, uh, a, I mean, and the a lot of these players were, you know, coming from really poor roots. This is the heart of the Depression. And people were just, you know, like Pepper Martin coming out of hobo villages. And who knows where the Dean brothers really came from? Somewhere in Arkansas, probably. But uh, just a, you know, a fun team. But yeah. a lot of baseball was that way. That, you know, that World Series that year uh, was dangerous.
0: Yeah, it was downright violent. Um the uh the Amazing Mets, you know, more praise to them. That's what the Mets are still referred to. They're the Amazons.
1: They uh quite often. Um <laughs> there have been uh They're not Casey Stingles Mets though.
0: No. This they'll never will be. But you have the Amazing Mets, but not the uh Miracle Mets of sixty nine. No, I don't have them. Not much memorable about the Miracle Mets other oh, than Oh no,
1: they beat the Braves that year. The Braves were, you know, it was the first playoffs. Uh in the uh they beat the Bra- I very and but I I don't think of them negatively because uh 60 I know it wasn't 69 it was really 68, but uh Tom Seaver, you know, uh this was a the Mets weren't that good. You know, the, the miracle Mets were called a miracle for a reason. You know, when Ron <laughs> Swoboda is your right fielder and you have, you know, uh, Tommy Agee's your star. And, uh, this was, uh, you know, I, I think Bud Harrelson, Jerry Grody, probably the best players, but they couldn't hit. Um, they, I think Ed Crane pools at first. Then. Uh, but I mean, it was Seaver's team, you know, I mean, they have all of that pitching, uh, Kuzman and Gentry and um Nolan Ryan, he didn't pitch much. Uh the uh uh but it was Seaver. That's what I think of with the Miracle Mets. And yeah. yeah. They're not I mean uh it was it was a team that got hot at the right time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it doesn't exactly carry over for several years. They're like a big red machine. For most of these nicknames, also for of the, of your top ten, um, uh, on the whole, are they given down by the press or like which one of these g- came from within? Like it was a you know team identity that the players themselves fostered and, and kind of copy wrote, if you will. Uh, I couldn't say with uh, uh
1: the boys of summer i mean that was uh that sounds too much like you know that came from red smith or somebody you know uh <laughs> True. the um it was used uh by so many different people and so many different people of the press uh the bronx zoo uh had to come from uh the press i and the harvey's wall bangers uh the uh There was a genuine love on that team for Harvey Keen, uh, but I still don't see the team doing it. The family seems like that may have come from, uh, I could see, I mean, they referred to uh, Stargell as Pops. He was leader of the family. Uh, He had a lot of wild kids. Uh, (laughs) uh, We'll uh, leave
0: that alone, but yeah.
1: The... uh, so, I mean, uh, Albertos that came from Cepeda. I know that. Uh, so does yeah. he refer to him as El- that's about one of the only ones I can think of that probably, well, that and family may have genuinely come from the players.
0: Yeah. All right. So now, uh, some honorable mentions, some other teams that had uh great monikers that, we uh, should
1: do. go, go socks, uh, uh, several white yep. sock teams. Love uh, that
0: name. Uh, uh the, uh, and I love that they got love when the 2005 White Sox were marching to the title.
1: Uh, the Go Go Sox? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the, um, and that was a fun team. That was, you know, Minoso and Aparicio and all these people running. The uh, the Black Sox, you got to think of, the, even though that, that has come to represent the Fixed World Series of 1919, they got the term because Comiskey. Was, uh, wasn't paying for their cleaning, and uh, so they quit cleaning their socks. Uh, the Hitless Wonders of 1906, uh, the so- White Sox team that won the World Series, I-, I think they hit 230, they couldn't hit a lick. Uh, but that term, the Hitless Wonders, has come to represent so many teams, uh, both good <coughs> and bad teams throughout baseball history. Uh, there have been several names like that the cardiac kids I can't remember all the cardiac kids uh there were um yeah
0: who who was the first that you can remember that got that name
1: um uh, the Red sox in sixty seven got it uh but there was a team I know before that they they weren't
0: The 67 Red Sox going up against Albertos weren't, that was the impossible dream team. Yes. They
1: were the impossible dream, but they're also called the cardiac kids too. Yeah.
0: Another Uh, good nickname.
1: Uh, the impossible dream. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) the, uh, I,
0: because it proved to be if nothing else, but yeah,
1: the, for a name, I mean, murderers row, when you think about it is really just eight players. That's not talking about Herb Pinnock and whatnot on that team. Uh, so, and if you 're going to look at uh nicknames for a group of players, I would have the nasty boys on there uh, I think if there are all sorts of nicknames uh that have to do with where um the team exists uh or a location or something uh the um, you know, the Blake Street Bombers and this sort of thing. Of those I like the Lords of Flatbush as much as anything. Right. Just because it sounds cool. Uh, yeah. Dim Bums seem to represent something to people from Brooklyn for a long time.
0: Uh, well there again that's an interesting one because that's a nickname that comes from just the uh jargon if you will sure. of that yeah. neighborhood all dem bums you know well but. you
1: you have uh the socks you know now have yeah. the same sort of thing uh well and i guess in a way alberto's is kind of the same sort of thing right um this of interesting stories i mean you know for a long time well the one that's used the most nickname for a team not their actual name are the a's uh because they are the athletics, and it was Charlie Finley who started referring to them as the A's uh, when he owned them. For a long time, they were called the White Elephants, and you know, which has an interesting story behind it.
0: But yeah, uh, one that I didn't know. I just always thought of it as a big old mascot, but in truth, it is.
1: Well, the uh, it was a derisive term used by John McGraw when he switched from managing the Orioles to managing the Giants in the National League and then the American League, uh, when it starts uh, to uh, under Ban Johnson, they start raiding uh, different National League teams and taking away their talent, uh, John McGraw referred to the athletics as a white elephant, uh, that they would not be able to maintain those salaries and uh, the teams would fold. The next year, when the Athletics and the Giants were in the World Series, I guess it would have been uh, the year after that, Uh, but it would have been two years later, but uh, the Athletics came out with uh, white elephants patched onto their sweaters. And from that point on, um, we have a white elephant uh, put on the uniforms of the Athletics teams.
0: Yeah, that's wild. I I mean, you know, I've there's certain there are certain things that uh in sports that you just kind of accept. For example, um, you know, in football, the uh War Eagle uh thing with right. Auburn. Um, so I didn't uh, you know, I never questioned it was like, well, you know, I guess an elephant's powerful and <laughs> they want to be a powerful <laughs> They're team. They're always
1: balancing so on a ball, you know? Uh, yeah.
0: A, some sort of circus type. The, thing. Uh,
1: the first ones though, just looked like an elephant, uh, by the way, they weren't doing anything athletic. They were just a white elephant on, uh, actually sewn onto the sweaters.
0: Yeah. And uh, those white elephants were some of the best hitting teams in all of baseball history. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, just got overshadowed by the, well, uh, uh, the murderers row. The, um, uh,
1: uh, another name, I think, uh, worthy of mention, if we're going to honorable mention here, are the Whiz Kids of fifty, uh the Philadelphia Phillies teams uh named such because they were so young. Uh and later Philly teams that were really old were always called the Wheeze kids, you know, which I
0: thought <laughs> kinda of have that going uh, on right now with the <laughs> with the
1: Phillies. Uh, another name I think that uh has like the A's, uh, a I don't know what you would uh, not a homonym, but a uh, like a synonym for uh, a team are the Bucks or the Buckos or the Buccaneers or whatever for the Pirates. Uh, yeah, they are seem to be called the Bucks or the Buckos more than they are the Pirates, uh, particularly in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, uh, the um, well, the Cardinals are also referred the cards, to cards. Yeah, and the Redbirds from yeah. time to time. Uh,
1: and, oh, yeah, they've been called. Uh, a lot of different <laughs> things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the birds on the bats, you know, there are all sorts of names referring to, uh, the, the uniforms and stuff like the elephants, the, uh, today you have the halos, the angels are called, uh, yeah. the halos as much as anything. There are several teams that were, um, that are Pacific coast team names Or I mean, like the Padres, uh, have been called the chaplains and that the Padres comes because of the old Pacific Coach uh, or Coast League team. Right. Uh, the uh, so I mean, uh, and there's a whole series of those. Uh, the the like the Halos, the Mariners are often called the Compass uh, because <laughs> I didn't know this because yeah, it's on their uh, their logo. Stuff. Oh. Uh, I
0: knew the M's like they kind of yeah, and the the. Uh,
1: what is the Brewers, the True Blue Brew Crew, or something? <laughs> I don't know,
0: something well, not like. yeah. See, see, we're getting towards you know the the this kind of the new thing in baseball right now is I mean, what's the last time you can think of a team in the last recent memory, like going back thirty years, that had a full team identity that defined that team for a few years? That was, and let's face it, they have to be catchy. The big red machine is catchy. Right, that's oh, yeah. just good marketing. But like the Jeter Yankees, did they have a team identity nickname. Um, I would say no. I can't think of one. What we seem to have now is just certain teams and in individual years develop these mantras. Uh, like in uh, 2002, you had the Angels that were the Rally Monkeys. Um, well, they
1: had that monkey.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's,
1: you know, I mean, Harvey's Wallbangers had Harvey Keen. Uh the, This is true. Uh,
0: well, the, like the uh, the Red Sox of 2004 that reversed the curse, they were the idiots. The,
1: uh, but who was it? Uh, Millar, who gave them that name or something? You know, it was. Some, yeah, like Millar
0: uh, and Damon. Yeah, I was one of them. Uh, sorry, they said we're just a bunch of idiots or something. Uh well, that's the thing. They've moved away from cool nicknames and now we just get kind of these little pockets of mantras and I I personally blame free agency on that because you know, just teams don't stay together that long, you know. Um the Cardinals in 2011 had a mantra called Happy Flight and that ended up becoming I don't think or the you rally can blame squirrel.
1: I don't think you can blame free agency on that. When you look at all like all the ones we just mentioned, the only one uh, the the Reds, I mean, the Big Red Machine and the Boys of Summer were teams that existed. I mean, and those names represent more than a particular year. The Bronx Zoo was built through free agency. It was bringing in Reggie Jackson and Catfish Hunter and all of these people that uh, upset Thurman Munson and Billy Martin and, and so I mean that was that was a free agent team if there ever was one. Uh, the Gas House Gang—they're just, just going out buying talent in those you know they picking people out of hobo lines and stuff. That was in the uh, you know that
0: was uh, that's so Cardinals to do that. Too. Well,
1: I mean, but that's what everybody did. Uh, then you know farm systems weren't really built yet uh the cardinals did it uh, <laughs> yeah. the harvey's wall bangers were a bunch of free agents the don sutton's and raleigh fingers and uh ted simmons all those people coming over well uh, even
0: vukovic came over from st louis yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and cardinals the uh
1: the amazing mets uh, they were amazing because they were really bad, you know, and very colorful. Uh, the uh, Albertos, that was a trade bringing Cepeda there. He, but, yes, you know, so I, I don't know that you can... Uh, I mean, it, Murderers Row was a team that was around for a while, but not completely. I mean, you know, they, they picked up some people like Bill Dickey, who were pretty good, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> they did all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I don't... Um, you know, I, I don't know that you can blame free agency. I think it. I think a team could still exist like this. I don't think it's something that's dead. I don't. I think nicknames by themselves have decreased. Uh, we don't have that many good nicknames for. People agreed. Uh, people, there is more of a corporate image, and uh, people are like Derek Jeter that have public images that are geared for advertising dollars, and uh, they have people that handle them and cover up for their mistakes and stuff. <laughs> uh, things that you know the seventy nine Pirates didn't have. Uh, the uh, so. this is kind
0: of uh, you know what's the word revisionist history, but I always liked the. And it comes from a book. I need to look it up so I give credit where credits due. But the six, the '86 Mets, they were known as the bad guys, right? Uh, well, yeah,
1: yeah. I, um, yeah. I never the, thought of them though. I mean, I never. That was a name I heard referred to them after '86. You know, I, I yeah. hated them. Oh, gosh, I really didn't like uh, the '86 Mets. But uh, well, I, it, it's a name that I would have jumped on you know uh, <laughs> yeah. copy wrote right it's uh,
0: uh the the book that that officially titles oh, him yeah. is, uh, the bad guys won by jeff perlman the yeah bad that's guys
1: right won. that's right uh
0: yeah i mean it's yeah i, I don't we've, we've so gone away from nicknames that the last great dynasty was just called the yankee dynasty and now we have the yankee universe and red sox nation and you know, it seems like uh, a lot of teams have nations. Orange, the
1: na- yeah, the Giants are the uh, orange nation and stuff, yeah.
0: But we would be remiss if we did not kind of close with, if you will, the lovable losers. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, you can't top that. That is a nickname for an entire existence of a franchise. And they will be that until the day they win.
1: So. Ha- but, you know, that was used for the Mets.
0: Oh, okay. I did the, not know that. This. Yes. this is not from the Cubs. Well the uh always been
1: referred to as the Cubs before too. It is one of those terms like the Hitless Wonders that's been around uh now you're right, it's referred to the Cubs for most of their existence. Now <laughs> yeah. we, it certainly didn't apply to them in the aughts, you know, and they're winning no. all the time, you know, but uh Even the first the- aughts, not
0: the last <laughs> Uh, (laughs) more recent ones uh listen chicago anybody can have a bad century it's cool don't don't feel bad you know the the, future uh, is now the wave of the future is now for them but they're still the lovable losers the uh i mean
1: and shoot they have nicknames left and right you know they have um the hawk in in, i know he's uh south side but he uh he gives nicknames as well as anybody in baseball you know the uh, I mean the Red Sox are often called the Carmine Hose, uh, but that name came <laughs> from
0: the Hawk, you know, uh, and he's allowed to do it because he played there, you know. Uh, the Hawk is I mean Hawk and Stoney are like m- must see TV if you've got the MLB at bat because they're just they're so good. I like
1: I like him with Pachoric too. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. yeah,
1: We should at least mention that before the Cowboys, were america's team the braves were that's america's right. team i mean we can be, you know uh let's you can be have, real here people you can have the red sock nation and all you want but we had uh we were america's
0: team what would you call the braves now um we have braves country no see. yeah yeah that's okay we have the bravos i would call them a team in flux right now <laughs> they're but they're fun if you slap that on a t shirt, it may not sell that well. <laughs> no, no. Come out and see the team in flux. <laughs> right.
1: So, in a positive flux.
0: <laughs> with our hometown Braves, since we've closed with America's team on the nickname segment, um, as we come into home, what do you think happens with our Braves now with the trade deadline? Do you think that, uh, you know, we'll move some pieces? Maybe AJ Presinsky maybe a Nick Marcakis? Um, think. Unfortunately,
1: we won't be able to trade Grilly. Uh, right, yeah. The, uh, we and, covered that sadness. Yeah, and it's, so, uh, it's
0: still true, yeah.
1: The, uh, but I do think still uh, they will probably try to move Jim Johnson. They're still trying to move Chris Johnson. Uh, <laughs> and they may do one of these deals where if you take Chris Johnson, we'll give you Jim Johnson. Uh, the uh, A and, reclamation project and a head case and Together at last Kelly Johnson is probably very much in demand uh, right now
0: Kelly uh, Johnson is like the penultimate throw-in on any trade over the last like <laughs> three or yeah, four I years know. He's one uh, of those trade deadline all-stars
1: But he came here because this is his home uh, He's at the, uh, the latter stages, uh, the salad days of his career, if you will uh, Wouldn't we so, call it the dessert days? It, since it's yeah. the back
0: end of the meal, it but
1: salad is used in a different way. That uh, there, uh, <laughs> the I think uh, AJ the twins apparently are interested in him, just like uh, they and they're interested in the same young catchers that we are. Uh,
0: well, you know, the Pirates, interestingly enough, uh, are are having needs now. I mean, you know, with uh, um. Not Neil Walker, but their second base. J- Jordy Mercer just got hurt, so there's a place Kelly Johnson could fit in. You also have – they have some needs at third base potentially, so maybe shipping something to Chris uh, with Chris Johnson in it to Pittsburgh, we might be able to get something in return. If we do move any of these players, what are you hoping to get in return? Oh, I, I, I couldn't say. I mean,
1: uh, of the people that Hart has amassed so far – how many of them did I know who they were before we got them? Very few, uh, to sure. be honest. Uh, I mean, I like the direction that the team is going. I, uh, I'm i not looking for us to uh, put pieces on the board right now. If we're trading any one of these veterans, uh, I imagine it's going to be for more prospects or this kind of financial... Uh, latitude that they uh, With the They seem to be acquiring In the international market And what not I uh, I I just Have um, Respect for the powers That be right now Yeah
0: What about Markakis Do you think Markakis is a brave Come August 1st Or July 31st rather
1: uh, I think he will be He's not I mean I Yeah I think so
0: Yeah I mean you gotta have Somebody to sell tickets, right? I mean, with Freddie, just what what of this Freddie Freeman injury? You know, it's worse than oh, they think. I mean,
1: look, uh, I thought at the very beginning, and I have said this forever because I had I broken a vecular bone in my wrist once, and uh, that's probably
0: how you were able to rattle off that word so well. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, and it hurt me uh, to it. I eventually got arthritis in it and it would flare up uh, right at the beginning of the baseball season every year uh, when I was having to hit a million fungos uh, you cannot uh, wrist injuries this is what hurt Bob Horner and uh, essentially drove him out of baseball uh, now the uh, medical science a lot better now uh, I but a wrist injury is about as difficult to overcome as any injury for
0: a power hitter yeah just listen to Hank Aaron yeah How about my powerful roost? <laughs> and you know one other team that we should mention uh coming up on the trade deadline and we'll go probably way more into this next week but the Padres um how are you feeling as a Padre fan right now oh I'm not a Padre fan well right if you were though like what what is the mindset of a passionate Padre fan at this moment. And we also, you know, there's all, of course, they have a whole bunch of Braves sitting on that team that's going to end up probably somewhere else. Maybe even back with Atlanta with Kimbrel. Uh, maybe, I don't know, it's possible. Um, the, <laughs> it's not that I, bad of I, an uh, idea
1: at this point, really. Uh, I was questioning their moves, you know, at the beginning. You know, we we talked about how their outfield was suspect. I didn't think uh i didn't see it I, uh this young guy who's gotten all this credit i don't remember his name the the gm there's brought right, up out of nowhere uh but he's looked upon as you know the the new whiz kid uh and all this stuff uh and he's gotten praise from everybody but i didn't think he had assembled a very smart or good team uh and he uh, assembled a lot of big names
0: and they don't the, really all fit together that well no
1: and then they fired bud black somebody who was who has been able to win with nothing uh you know for quite some time uh the uh a person's well respected throughout baseball i'm i'm not saying they shouldn't i you know but i have not liked the moves that they've done and it's
0: Kind of like na 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 na. Yeah, the, the Braves get to do that a lot right now right. to the to the Astros, the Cardinals, and the Padres. So
1: the Yankees.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, w- we get to do it to a lot of people right now. Right now, things make a lot of trades that we've made appear to be very sound moves. It, you know, yeah. Keep our fingers crossed. You know this. You know this could change
0: yeah well yeah and the Padres they really I mean that outfield we knew was going to be suspect I mean they're not going to be very good and of course you got Will Myers now who's hurt and you know I mean you know Myers has played about half of the season thus far half of the games possible which uh which Kemp is there yeah and and, and yeah and Kemp but hey you know Melvin Upton he's backing at it Justin
1: so. is having a good year
0: yeah Justin is having and a good his, year which, his walk
1: year. <laughs>
0: he's he's doing well he's he picked the right time, but there again, Justin Upton could very well not be a padre you know yeah. in a couple of weeks so so we'll have to see um uh I think it would be interesting if
1: Justin Upton ended up with the nationals. ooh, the nationals could use a uh another bat uh. The Nationals have pitching to give up, and the Justin Upton has always you know he came from the area. He came from the Richmond area, knows people there, played ball with Zimmerman when he was young.
0: Yeah, and considering that Jason Worth is on the DL, um, Zimmerman's on the DL, I mean, yeah, is, man, Jason Worth is getting up there as far as big oh, time yeah. contract busts of all time are concerned.
1: So. Uh, but he apparently gave the team a real professional positive spin where they had been right. in a real negative place for some time. And sometimes you have to. Um, what was the pitcher that we got? Uh, the, oh, uh, Derek, uh, uh, Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe, yeah. yeah. I mean, where we overpaid for him to kind of change the pitching outlook on the team and stuff. So, I mean, things like that have to happen at times. And I think worth. Uh,
0: has more worth than what he's been on the field. Hey, no pun intended. Oh, All right. Well, we'll be looking forward, uh, of course, to Hall of Fame weekend, and uh, we're going to start um, producing some top tens to go on our website. So, um, well, coach, thank you as always, and thank you to everybody listening out there on the interwebs. You can find this podcast on runningthebases.com. dot com. You can also download it on SoundCloud or on iTunes and. Be sure to leave your comments about all that we discuss on Facebook or on Twitter. So, so for Coach Bounds, this is Tucker Wells and Running the Bases Podcast. We're coming at home. We're safe. Good night. Good night.